My Seven Chakras, episode 276. Life can be tiring. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chakras, and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My Seven Chakras, a show where we provide you ancient wisdom, inspiring stories, and action steps that will help you transform your life. So, if you are new to our show, then I want to give you a warm, warm welcome. Now, before we actually start today's amazing episode, I've got a quick announcement for you. If you are interested in learning more about the chakras and identifying the dormant, hidden blocks that are silently holding you back. From your desired life, then you gotta attend the live webinar that I'm hosting this Thursday because I have so much to share with you. We're going to be discussing about our energy body and look at life through the lens of the chakras. I will show you how small energy blockages can lead to illness and disease, and what you can do about it. And you will discover five easy but powerful ways to start balancing your seven chakras right away, immediately after the webinar. And so, if you're interested in joining me, then visit www.my7chakras.com forward slash live training. That's my seven is a word. My7chakras.com forward slash live training. The link you need is my7chakras.com forward slash live training. See you there. And with that, let's bring on our special guest for today, Lee Harris. So, Lee, are you ready to inspire? I will try. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So Lee is a globally acclaimed energy intuitive and transformation guide who offers grounded practical teachings focused on helping conscious, intuitive and sensitive people heal, thrive and live a better life. Leading a vibrant online community, he reaches hundreds of thousands of people every month. His monthly energy update videos, audio recordings and online courses offer practical guidance for navigating life with clarity, empowerment and optimism. So thanks a lot for joining me on today's show, Lee. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Great, great, great. So again, like we always begin our show with, we start our show with some inspiration. What is your favorite inspirational quote and how do you apply it in your life? Okay, so my favorite inspirational quote uh, is life can be tiring and it came from my friend Amanda Birchenoff and I remember it I was about 23 years old and I was in a state of distress about, you know, overwhelm and tiredness and feeling like depleted with everything I was trying to do and it, it's funny there are so many inspirational quotes I've heard in the world all these years and they're fantastic but the one that stays with me is life can be tiring because for me when I get tired or overwhelmed that was always a distress point for me uh, there was something about feeling like I didn't have my full energy or my full life force or um, feeling vulnerable. And um, what she broke for me in that moment was this idea that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. She was like, well, yeah, sometimes you're tired. And it was, it was an epiphany moment for me to mm -hmm. help me undo 
years of my childhood spent running away from my feelings uh, in various different ways. So I feel like that has stayed with me all this time. Right. So there you go, Action Tribe. If you are watching the stream or listening right now, remember this profound quote that life can be tiring. Quite often we try to ignore, we try to ignore our body, our emotions, right? But it's all about acknowledging where you are right now, literally and energetically as well, and realizing that sometimes in life, life can be tiring. So thanks a lot for sharing that with us and starting with a very profound uh, moment. My question is, what inspired you to write your book, Energy Speaks, which I have in my hand right now? Oh, thank you. Great. Um, so it was interesting. It uh, I was supposed to be writing another book. I was supposed to be writing a book with a completely different title, which is still there on the back burner. And it, it wasn't quite coming together. And I have been a channeler publicly since 2004, working with the public. But I first heard my guides about four years earlier than that. So they've been a part of my life all this time. And I self-published these volumes uh, in 2012 and 2014 of some of the channeled messages from over the years. And I did this tour in 2016 across North America. We did 28 dates. And then we did some dates in Australia and Germany and London. So I met loads of people on that on that speaking tour. Mm -hmm. And so many of them would say, I have it by my bedside. I flick open a page and I was kind of blown away how much I kept hearing that. So when this other book wasn't working, I was like, maybe we should be taking the best of those volumes, re-editing the whole thing, adding eight new chapters. Um, and, and that was what the publisher went for. So, um, we actually, we, we got with the publisher, New World Library, who are just a fantastic publishing company. They've published some great books. So I felt really grateful that this book could come out with them. And, uh, yeah, we spent about two years putting it together. Got it. Got it. Again, New World Library, amazing publisher, yeah. some great authors and books in the last few years, especially. So let's go back uh, to the beginning. Now, how did you discover your gifts? What's that story like? Well, um, you know, the actual day was I was literally on a train going to work. And at the time I was working in fundraising, I had just left my work in theater and decided I didn't really want to do theater or acting anymore and was really hell bent on doing music. And so I got this job in fundraising and it was supporting me and, you know, but I, you know, there was a lot of frustration in my early twenties and I was still recovering from a childhood where I had been an emotional overeater. Mm -hmm. And then I lost 60 pounds at the age of 15 and a half. But, you know, I went on so many diets. I, I was taken to Weight Watchers age 10, then a diet clinic age 13. You know, it was kind of an endless cycle all through my teens. And then when I did lose the weight, I turned to bulimia for about a year and a half because I didn't want to put the weight back on. But I hadn't figured out how to not binge at that point. So I was kind of uncovering myself, if you like, from that level of uh, self-destruction to try and solve how I was feeling. So I was really into self-growth. I was really into metaphysics to some degree, but I never thought I would channel. But this one day on the, on the train, um, I just literally heard this voice uh, from the left-hand side of my head, which to this day is still the position that I communicate with my guides. It's still where I hear them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was convinced that what I was thinking was correct uh, and that I had decided that this was true, that this wasn't my problem, this was their problem. 
And literally I just heard, that's an interesting perspective, but you're wrong. And this mm. never happened before. And I was like, well, what? and then they carried on talking and they explained how, why, what I was seeing was wrong. And it just completely not only transformed my mind about the situation I was in, but my whole body relaxed and released. And my ego just got to be a little less tight and to see above the situation. So that was how it began. And I, you know, I was like, am I schizophrenic? You, what is it? No, we're your guides. And right. we've been with you since childhood. You've just never been able to hear us in this way. Um, but we're here now. And since that day, I've never been able to uh, not access them. I've chosen not to sometimes, but um, they've just been there. Got it. Got it. So very fascinating story that you just shared. So you're in the train, right? And you're mm -hmm. thinking about something and all of a sudden from the left side, uh, you hear a voice. So what is your immediate reaction? Like, uh, what's happening? Um, yeah. I mean, the first thing is, you know, <laughs> schizophrenia, you know, you think, oh God, is this yeah. voices? Cause I, I had seen a channeler, but I was skeptical. I remember coming away from him. Well, here was the thing. I had been for tarot readings and I loved those. Like I thought they were great. Something in my body would come alive when I went for a tarot reading, mm -hmm. but I didn't understand why the channeler, why his eyes closed and why his voice slightly changed. I remember thinking, well, he's clearly just a wise, intuitive man. Why does he have to pretend it's coming through this guide? <laughs> right. So that actually has equipped me really well for when I've been accused of the same thing. Um, because, you know, and the, and the thing I always say is, trust me, the last thing you want to do is be a public channeler. It's something that I wrestled with for years because um, there's a lot of um, fear and skepticism about it that you actually have to deal with. So, um, but, but what kind of cemented the whole thing for me was when I started saying, are you my guides? And I went home and I wrote questions to them. Okay. And then I would study the answers over a period of weeks and see how they were coming true. Things about my life, things about people in my life and things about the world at large. And so the acid test for me was that it worked and it really, it was a perspective that was far higher than my own mind or my own understanding of self growth at that point. So I couldn't deny that mm -hmm. whatever it was, yeah. it was helping me and it was opening me and it was, it was, widening my experience of my presence in my life. Got it. Got it. So the guides that you work with or that help you and support you, they're called the Z's, right? Mm -hmm. So how did you? Yeah. So they, I said, Oh, do you have a name? And they were like, well, we don't have names, but we know humans need names. So you can call me Zachary and I'm the lead spokesperson. And they said, uh, so I was like, you know, what are you? Is it one of you? Is it more than one of you? And they said, well, we're a group of 88 entities okay. who then extend wider into source. Because the truth is that none, in the same way that none of us are really separate from each other as human beings, yeah. there is this energy field, of course, that we are all connected to all of the time. We're just not always seeing it, reading it, sensing it, depending on where our focus is, what our capacity is that day, or mm -hmm. who we're with and how they're influencing the level of gravity that we are in, in any moment. Right. Um, so to me, what I loved about their description was this idea that they extended wider into source. So do, so do we all. So 
they said, think of us as a consciousness library. And some of us have been incarnate on the planet before. Some of us are from the angelic realm. Some of us have never been on earth. And they kind of started to explain to me different roles within energy and within energetics and how it works when you're not a human being. Mm -hmm. So I found that very interesting. And, um, and yeah, that was kind of how it all really began. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So, so uh, Lee, how do they communicate with you? Like on an ongoing basis, once every week, how do, do you have to reach out to them or? Well, here's the funny thing. Before I started doing this as a job, I would get stalked. So okay. I would be with a friend. I'd be with you, for example, and we'd be having right. coffee and right. you'd be talking about something in your life and you'd be going, car, I really, you know, I really want to move, but I'm not quite sure it's the right time to move. And I can't tell if this is my ego or my instinct. And I would start hearing things. So then I would be sat with you at coffee and I would feel compelled um, to say to you, hey, you know, I'm, I'm hearing some stuff. Do you want me to tell you? You know, because right. you always have to ask permission with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, if you said yes, I would just give you that information. Um, it was actually one of those friends that I was helping, Anaya Sophia, who we were out for coffee. She was a yoga teacher and an author. And she was the one who, after I'd helped her with something, she said, you should do this as a job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. You know, I was, everything in me was screaming no. But I was at that time in my life because I was having to really pay attention to my fears and not let myself be a product of my fears as I had been so much of my life. Um, Mm. I said yes, just to push myself, really not thinking anyone would come. And then I did 60 readings in 60 days and the rest was kind of history. 60 readings in 60 days. Was that a challenge that you accepted? No, no, it was, it was just that people kept coming. And you know, one thing I always recommend if you start doing this as work is what I did. I did it on a donation basis. So Mm -hmm. because I knew it would take me about 90 minutes of my time, Mm-hmm. Um, cause it, it did at the time I would, people would send me three questions and I would type out as fast as I could, what I was hearing in response to their questions. So they would get like a 2000 word document okay. that I would then have to go back and check the grammar on. So I thought, well, you know, the, 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 I'll, I'll, why don't I ask for 10 pounds or more, which is about $15. Cause I thought, well, that's 90 minutes of my time and there's only so much energy I have per day to do them. So right. I think that helped people know the know that there wasn't a great risk to them. There wasn't a great investment. But because of that, too, I think people would then send me to their friends. And, and over time, people started, you know, um, kind of just it got very full so i had to leave my job <laughs> got it got it, yeah. got it. that's amazing and i'm sure that this is a question that almost everyone watching this stream or listening to this podcast right now has which is does everyone have this ability to access information and messages from the other side i believe yes but i believe that in much the same way that i could probably become a really good chef if I went on, uh, uh, if I went to chef school, um, because I do believe that we're all potentially capable of learning anything that we really put our mind to and we really put the hours into, um, doesn't mean everyone's going to be the most talented at it, mm-hmm. but it does mean that I think we're all capable. And one thing I do at my workshops is I get people to channel. Um, and there's usually some horrified faces when I announce that's what we're about to do. And that's why I've handed paper and pen out and they're like, Oh, I've never done this. And, you know, I always say that for me, channeling, it's not really about whether you're channeling your guides 
or Jesus or a higher power or your own higher self or your own soul. It's really, that doesn't really matter. What really matters is that you're going beyond the more limited mind, the more human ego into a wiser, higher, broader source of energy and information. And that in itself gets to lift and expand you. And that's really what channeling is about for me. It's about us taking a dose of higher, wiser, more expanded energy. But then the hard part is how do we then apply that to our life? You know, we experiencing this beautiful opening, then we come back to our own level of density and the body starts to naturally try and open beyond that density, which is why people can often go and have an amazing time at a workshop really move energy inside themselves and then come back and they hit kind of their low point and they have to start working the lower aspects of themselves to release them so that they can integrate with what it is they just walked into in the workshop. Right. So Action Tribe, I hope you're watching and listening to this stream right now. And we're learning that channeling is about going beyond your physical individual mind and sort of connecting with the source fabric that collective consciousness that we are all part of and then not just that coming back and then hopefully bringing some information back that you can apply in your life now uh i remember that you mentioned the disease mentioned to you that we've been with you all along right and that's mm -hmm. what caught my attention so what prevents us sometimes from accessing our psychic gifts or our abilities well, you know, I, I think the first thing f that comes to me with that is the world we live in. And, you know, we're recording this in 2019. Yeah. Um, I'm 42. So uh, when I began public channeling 15 years ago, it, 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 this was the early days of the Internet. So that there wasn't mm. a lot out there that was widely shared. What I am seeing in the last decade is a real rise in consciousness exploration. So um, people are seeing meditation, mindfulness, yoga, nutrition, exercise, channeling, all of these things as part of the exploration of our wider consciousness. And it's becoming more normalized and more available. So for me, I think what, what can stop it is fear or taboo. You know, it's not that long ago that religion decided that supposed witches should be burned. And we also know from history that uh, that was also just a good excuse to get rid of a load of intuitive women or women who were interfering with what those that were in control of the village wanted to do. So mm. I think there is naturally a fear of our intuitive connection to life that has been instilled by those who would rather we didn't connect to the fact that we're all intuitive beings. So for some people, it will show up as channeling. For other people, it might just be that feeling you get in your stomach. You might be the person who's like, nope, my gut doesn't feel right about this. My, my other brain doesn't feel intuitively right about this. So um, I think we've been stopped societally, but I know that many people nowadays are beginning to pop open and, and feel energy moving through their body and their mind in a way that they don't remember before. And, and that's really, it's a fantastic thing. And then, of course, we have to learn to integrate it and stabilize it in our life today and in our community and in our collective today. Right, right. I love that. So it's all about not just listening to the thoughts in your mind, which sometimes can run rampant, but it's mm -hmm. also about listening to the sensations and the feelings that you have all across your body, in your stomach, maybe in your heart, in your shoulders. 
So um, yeah, and and I don't know about you, but for me, whenever my thoughts are rampant, I know that my emotions are rampant. It's like something right. is triggering me, and instead of me being able to feel it or notice it in the body, I have taken that energy up to the mind, and my mind's going, blah, 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 which is exactly the state that I was in the day that the Z started talking to me, and that was that was how I was able to notice the difference. I was like, whoa, that voice seems really calm <laughs> and really steady, yeah. not like these other voices. Voices I've got over here in my head that are telling me stories about why I'm failing with my plans or, you know, maybe life isn't going to be okay. You know, whatever it was, I was sifting through that day. Got it. Got it. Now, in your book, you talk about the art of receiving, right? So what exactly does that entail? I found this so interesting. So it was, it was back in Berlin in 2010 when I did a workshop, um, all about abundance. Mm -hmm. And as, 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 as was the case back then, my workshops were very channeled back then. Um, so I would do quite a lot of channeling over the weekend. These days, not so much. I mean, I bring some of it in. Um, but what I remember being so struck by was this whole long channel about receiving. Okay. And I, I'd never really thought of it in this way, but I'll, I'll give you an example as to really what that chapter is alluding to. So let's say you and I are out for coffee mm -hmm. and we, you know, we order a coffee and a snack each. And I say, Hey, I'm going to pay for this. I'll get this. Now you might go, Oh, okay, great. Thanks. Or you might go, okay, well, well then let me get you next time. Or you might say, no, 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 Lee. You might be any of those answers, but let's try a different scenario. We sit down at the table with whoever has paid for the coffee and the snack. Mm -hmm. And I say to you, I've got this great idea. Let's go to Hawaii for a week together. We love hanging out together. Yeah. I'm going to pay for the flight and the hotel and all our mm -hmm. food and activities. Let's yeah. go. What do mm -hmm. you say? Most people aren't going to go, amazing. Thanks so much, Lee. That's great. <laughs> Most people are going to go, oh, you can't pay. No, that's far too expensive. That's going to be $2,000 or, you know, whatever it's, I can't receive that. So I'd never really thought about the issue with receiving. I'd thought about mm. giving a lot and we all know that giving feels great. Like there's something wonderful about giving your energy, giving yeah. a gift, giving a compliment. I mean, that's, and I was definitely much more comfortable in that zone than I was in the receiving zone. So this channel kind of blew my mind um, at the time. And right. it was, it was part for me of learning that there is a flow to the universe. And often the universe is trying to give us things sometimes through nature, sometimes through another person, sometimes through resources that come to us, but that often we block them and we don't even notice we block them because we've got this fear of receiving, this lack of trust of receiving, this lack of trust in the flow of energy. Um, and I think that's because we have very hard walls built around our money system, built around the way that we live that aren't really intrinsic in our nature, but they are intrinsic in the way we've been trained to interact with our life and as a community. So the art of receiving seeks to just gently detonate <laughs> some of your, <laughs> some of your, you know, your own hard walls against right. allowing, allowing abundance in all forms, um, whether it's love, whether it's resources, whether it's money to come to you. Right, right, right. Now, on the same line of thought, I guess, and another term that I really loved uh, that you write about in your book is called divine inheritance. So what exactly is divine inheritance? 
Well, this is very similar.、Um, so it's the same principle. They say the universe is a little like an ATM, and you are all making deposits all of the time through your love, through how you gift people, what you do.、Um, they say, but you you hesitate to make withdrawals.、Um, you can be a bit more panicky about taking a withdrawal out of the bank of the universe. So divine inheritance is really that—the fact that. As human beings with our minds, we have been trained to get very mental about、uh, money, belongings, resources. Rather than recognizing, none of us will take it with us. And fifty, a hundred years after we're gone, we probably won't even be remembered, let alone,、uh, you know, have any hold over things that we had. So they say that your divine inheritance is really you inherit this timeline that we're on. And、okay. you inherit where the collective and where the culture is, and it is a divinely orchestrated thing. So sometimes we get into the minutiae of our struggle with money or abundance, and if we can just open out our perspective and remember that energy is infinite and it's everywhere, and start to unpick some of the ways we are holding that away from ourselves,、mm-hmm. then the divine inheritance starts to flow through you. Got it. Got it. Got it. So it's all about. Learning and finding out ways that we are preventing ourselves from receiving from our spiritual banks, so to speak. I will give you a great example that that it shows up in my life.、Mm-hmm. I remember a time in two thousand and six when I had just started doing this work full time,、right. and I had literally two pounds in my bank account, but I had a fridge full of food, and I knew that in three days. I was going to receive money from PayPal for a reading that someone had put there, so I knew I was fine. But I felt very grateful at that time. Flash forward to now,、um, money is no longer something that is is an issue for me in in the way that it was in the early days of the work, you know. And I,、yeah. I'm so grateful. I now get to employ these wonderful creatives who help with the work that we do and we put out into the world.、Right. But I have to. Now learn the lesson of、um, time management and self management in a completely different way. I could use money as an excuse back in the day. I could go, "Oh well, I, you know, <laughs> there isn't enough money for the tax bill, so I better work hard this month." Yeah. So, so now I have to look at that flow and kind of、um, pay attention to this resource, which is myself, because money is not a battle for me anymore or a challenge in in the way that it was. Um, so it's interesting how I feel like the universe just keeps shifting you, and you start to see that the the things you are either using as excuses or focuses for states of being inside, right? They can all be moved, and there's it, that's why it's a great thing to move from an unabundant state financially to a state where you're like, oh, there's enough. And of course, we never know what tomorrow brings, but it's like, oh, there's、yeah. enough because then you find all the parts of your own body that are still running on this idea that there isn't enough, or I've got to work hard, or I've got to. So, so I feel like the needle's always、uh, moving on that one for us, and that to me is part of the divine inheritance. We inherit a divine life with many different、um, forms and flavors and colors that we—they're like puzzles for us to solve in each stage of our life. All right, so we're going to take a quick pause to learn about our sponsor, and then we'll be back. Action Tribe, I have to tell you about a new discovery that I made 
hot cacao with reishi mushrooms by Four Sigmatic and it's been a game changer. Even my girlfriend Kathy absolutely loves this because we end our day with a warm cup of this mushroom cacao mix. Now Four Sigmatic is a superfood company that specializes in mushroom based drinks that really benefit your immunity, energy, focus and longevity and they've done a really good job with this. Now this mix contains log grown reishi mushrooms that give you that grounding root chakra balance and helps reduce stress and improve sleep and it contains pure Peruvian cacao which as most of you know really helps you heal and balance your heart chakra. This mix is organic and non-GMO and with hints of some tasty cardamom and cinnamon, this tasty drink is a no-brainer. You're really going to love it, especially before going into a nice long meditation session. We used to have hot chocolate before, but this drink is a guilt-free hot chocolate because it has so many health foods in it and it contains just 25 calories per serving. Now, I can describe this drink for you, but there's nothing like tasting it for yourself because let's face it, you deserve a little treat. And I highly recommend that you try it just once and let me know how you enjoy it. Now, they've got a really special offer for all our listeners today. Receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Action Tribe or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. If you'd like to try out this mushroom cacao mix and receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Action Tribe. That's F O U R S I G M A T I C dot com forward slash Action Tribe. Or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. Action Tribe, I really enjoy this drink and I highly suggest you try it out. The link you need is foursigmatic.com forward slash Action Tribe or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. Four Sigmatic, everyday magic of mushrooms. All right, now let's get back to the interview. So I love the fact that, you know, you mentioned it's all about going from it's not enough to it is enough. Oh, yeah. And the fact that these days you're more about how do I manage my time in a better way? How can I manage my life in a better way? As opposed to solely thinking about money because you've gone beyond that. Yeah. And, and I will say that even back then, thanks to the Z's, I did feel really grateful that that was yeah. my job. But but it, it was interesting with, with uh, I think for many years, because I was always focused on expanding my work mm-hmm. through working with other people. Like I've always hired people to do the work with me so that I wasn't like a work slave to my mission, if you like. Um, so I always would use whatever resources came in to invest back into my work. Um, but in the last few years, um, with some of those things no longer being, uh, kind of on the edge, yeah. uh, I've been able to go, Oh, well, I'm, I'm, how can I serve better now? How can I really, um, elevate my own life and vibration so that those people for whom I am emanating messages or support and same with my team, you know, we approach it that way too. Um, there's just a little more space to do that now, but I still catch myself, uh, occasionally being uh, a little hamster wheel minded, which is so ingrained in our culture. It's like, you know, you have to, Oh, well, w- what's next. And so I, my challenge has been to, um, know when to stop and power down and go, no, it's okay. You can, you can not do much for the next few days because you've actually did a lot last week and you can now let's be present to the internal life and to your immediate life as much as the wider outer life, if that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Now, in one of your readings with the Z, it's written, and I love how they put it. It says, the reason we are so joyous about delivering the art of receiving messages in this channel is that so much of your work has already been done. So what, is, what does that mean exactly? Well, you're, you're like primed to receive. It's like you are, you are right there and imagine, okay, so let's put it this way. You're like, oh God, I just wish I had a bit more time or a bit more money or a bit more space from this relationship or situation. The good news is it's about 12 inches away from your face. The tricky part is how can you rearrange your face accordingly and your mind accordingly to let yourself feel its presence and let it in. And that's what's so interesting to me about all of this stuff, how we can imprison ourselves and we can feel the most extraordinary expanded consciousness inside ourselves. And, and we're moving between those two extremes. So I think for me, that's really what that means. Got it. So, would you say that we are usually really close to what we're desiring or the thing that we want to attract in our lives, but you just got to sometimes have the right mindset to realize how close we are to it. You know how, when you're giving a friend advice and you're like, Oh God, I wish she would get out of her own way. Here I am again, telling her about this awful boyfriend that she's just in an awful dramatic breakup. And of course I'm compassionate to her feelings. And of course I, you know, I want to support her, but I've seen her do this six times in the last six years. And every time the pain seems to get greater. In that moment, it might not be the time to say it to her, but maybe the next day when she's out of the hysteria or the emotional reaction, you might say, you know what, Jill, I just want to tell you something. I have watched you suffer through this pattern for the last six years and I love you and I don't think you need to. Have you thought about really getting underneath what this is and looking at why you end up with men who don't love you as much as we, your friends do. Was it your parents? Is it the first boyfriend that broke your heart? What is it that you're playing out that makes you think you don't deserve this love? So what I mean is to us at the outside, we're like, Jill, why don't you just, you know, end up with a good guy? What Jill, come on, this is awful. (laughs) This is horror. It's like watching you, you know, cut yourself. And trust me, I've, I've, I've been Jill as I'm sure all of us have been. Um, but it's, it's, it's not about her outer world at that point. It's about her inner world and her belief systems and what she is seeking to heal. And she is trying to heal it repeatedly over and over again with an outside circumstance versus going, Hmm, that's six really toxic relationships I've been in. What's going on in my inside self that I should now investigate, get support with that. This is what I keep manifesting in the outer world. Got it. Got it. Thanks a lot for clarifying that. Now, the concept of surrender, you know, how is, how is surrender connected to abundance? Because you've written about that in your book, mm-hmm. you know, how are they two related? Well, I'll go back to the example of when I had two pounds in my bank account, which, you know, a pound, I, I don't know what it is us at the moment. Maybe it's $1.30. Um, and I knew that that was all I would have for a few days. Um, now to be fair, um, I had a family that I could always have gone home to. So my story is not at all as extreme as some people's who might've been worried they'd be on the street or, yeah. but, but for me, that was an unusual circumstance to have surrendered, 
you know, my monthly wage that gave me the security to know I could pay my rent and my bills and to go into this self-employment mode um, for the first time, I did surrender to it, but I could have fought it. I could have spent a lot of time worrying and stressing and panicking and going, why is the universe only giving me two pounds and the risk that maybe I can't pay my bills? I don't know. You know, I could have pushed against and fought. So what I have learned is, you know, to surrender, you could say surrender to abundance is one thing. Surrender to life is another, like what is here in this moment? So Mm. if you don't have much in your bank account and that bothers you, take a moment and look around the room that you're in, whether it's you're staying at a friend's house or whether you actually rent or even own that that room as much as any of us ever own anything and just go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm sheltered right now. I'm not in the middle of an earthquake or a tsunami and I actually can eat and I do have friends and I can reach out to some people for support and there are places I can go. So start to tick list the abundance that you have around you. So surrender to abundance is about sure. Acknowledge the part of you that wants to change something, but mm-hmm. absolutely surrender to the abundance that's already there too. And notice it. And when you notice it, it shifts your vibration and it starts to put you into a receiving state, which is what mm-hmm. you need to draw more abundance to yourself. So you're receiving what's right in front of your nose as the first step to receiving more. Got it, got it. And the reason why I think this question is super important is because a lot of our listeners and viewers right now are people who are have identified a different vocation or a different job or profession that they would like to get into. And sort of the chasm in between can be difficult sometimes, right? Especially when it comes to finances and things like that. And this morning, in fact, as I was going through your book, you know, the, just the art or the concept of surrender and letting go um, whether you're whether you're talking about abundance or just life in general, just surrendering to the moment and the situation and the circumstances that you're in, it's a wonderful feeling. Well, it's funny you're bringing this up because we, um, uh, if you go to my website, which is leeharrisenergy.com, on the homepage there at the top, um, we have a, a little abundance package that um, we give to anyone who wants to join the newsletter for free. And there is an article that I wrote that hasn't been published anywhere called okay. um, Surrender to Abundance. So um, for anyone listening that this is pinging for, um, I, I encourage you to go and, and receive that gift from the website. Got it. Now, uh, Lee, you mentioned that when it comes to karma and abundance, you write, everything is possible. Certain lessons must be learned before these possibilities become available. So what are these lessons? And, uh, you know, how does one go about discovering what lessons these are? (laughs) Well, the way that it was presented to me, and I asked lots of questions about this, because I think, you know, the whole idea of destiny or free will and what the Z's have talked about to me, and and this feels true to me, certainly, Mm -hmm. is they said that it's kind of a combination of the two that there is free will as to how and when certain things take place. They said there are a few things that are very predestined. So there might be certain people, certain places, and certain events that are really important for your life path, but that it's almost like as you tick off those important healings or those important learnings, you move out of a, a, a more karmic cycle. And of course, your whole life isn't karmic, but there are certain karmic lessons. Um, mm-hmm. And then you go into a, a new state of consciousness. It's often what people will refer to as 
awakened living or enlightenment. It's when you're free of the bonds, you, you get to start to transmit and experience the transmission of the earth at a, at a free level. So for, for myself, for example, I know that a relationship with grief has been karmic because there are certain things in my life that have happened to me that have plunged me into really deep grief. And the irony is that the really deep grief um, propelled me into awakening states. But for, for someone else, it might be a relationship to anger. For someone else, it might be that they came back to really focus on injustice. So they either experience injustice or they become the one who tackles the bully in the playground who's beating up on other kids. And then they end up in the justice system or they end up as a right. you know grief counselor. So what the Zs explain is that there are certain themes that are unique for each of us and they okay. tend to drive what we do, where we go and what we're interested in. Got it, got it. So does it often happen that once you go through that experience, you've gone through it, you've learned your lesson and now you're free to go on with your life? It really depends on the person and whether or not you're still enjoying it. So I've met oh. some people who, you know, will... Um, they're like genius musicians from childhood right. and they're clearly, you know, a reincarnated musician very early. Um, and then at 35, they go, yeah, I'm done. I, I, I don't feel, and they become, they go and train as a doctor and everyone's like, huh, oh, hang on. And they're like, well, you know, music is quite mathematical and there's a certain mathematical knowledge I now want to employ as a doctor. And when they're asked at the age of 50, do you ever miss music? And they'll go, no, not really. I really feel like I got it out my system. And it's probably because they had eight lives behind them in that, right. in that art. So it doesn't, it, there, there isn't a hard and fast rule from what I've understood from the Z's. They said some people will complete certain karmic lessons or energies in their life. Uh, and some will be left active. Um, and also if you're enjoying your, karmic life of being a very happy musician, because perhaps before you were a very tortured or neglected musician, yep. then you might choose to go through your whole life having that active. But the key is once you heal the torture, so let's say you became a very successful musician in the world, age 30, mm -hmm. there was a pain or a wound in you that that was going to heal. Yeah. Then you go to another level of using music and you go into a more service-based focus around it because you're no longer needing to be validated by yeah. success. You've kind of just, oh, okay, success reorganized my wound. Yeah. And now I just see success as community. I don't really see it as anything. I just see it as I reach a number of people and that's a community connection. So we can also go up the levels within each area too. Got it, got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now for everyone listening right now or maybe watching this live we have nisha carmen jackie we've got nick we've got so many people watching right now what can a person do each and every morning maybe or during the day for more abundance to get closer to abundance i you'll have heard this from many different voices uh but be grateful for what you have really mm -hmm. um the one of the best things the z's have ever said to me and it stays with me all the time they say you do not know when you're going to die. That's true. And it could be any moment. And I don't know about you, but even just this year, there are healthy and fit people that I've known who've like, I know of two people who died in their sleep with no warning, no anything. So it always brings it home to me that in the moment that we're in some level of internal pain or suffering, if we can 
sure, acknowledge it, maybe put a note in it that you need to investigate this or give it some time, but also to kind of come out of it for a second and go, wow, I'm alive right now. And I won't be at some point in the next mm, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. I don't know when, but right now I'm in this thing. I'm in this major kind of playground called the, called the earth, which sometimes doesn't feel like a playground but then I, I whenever i hear people say that i always say well the playground wasn't always fun right you know the playground sometimes it was fun sometimes it was games sometimes it was being bullied sometimes it was feeling afraid to go out there you know it's kind of everything got it got it so there you go action tribe and people who are watching or listening we are in a spiritual playground and sometimes it might not always be fun but you'll always learn a lesson or two that you'll, that you'll use in your journey ahead now leave for all the spiritual entrepreneurs, conscious entrepreneurs, people who are getting into entrepreneurship and doing their own thing, what is money joy? And how can someone watching the show experience more of that money joy? <laughs> well, you know, first of all, I love that you focus on this group because it's a group I've been really called to work with in the last 18 months. I really love helping people organize um, the kind of the building blocks around their work because I didn't really have much guidance. I had like mentors along the way and I definitely benefited from people, but there was no, you know, back when I started, there wasn't somebody helping me with the kind of inner work as much as the outer work. And I think what you have to do is do a real, I have a program for coaches and for entrepreneurs and it's called own your value. And in it, there's a whole section on money. And I talk about taking an inventory of your money life so far. So what did your parents teach you about money? How did they react to money? What about the other influential people in your life? If you're with a partner or in a business partnership right now, what is their money vibration? Just first start by noticing all the people you've been influenced by, because that carries weight and that has affected you in some way. So for example, if you know that your partner who you've been with for 10 years is always very like, oh, we're not spending money on this. Oh, no. Then you might have become a bit too much of an optimistic cheerleader about money to try and balance your partner and get your partner to say yes, which might mean you make some irrational decisions because you're trying to pull hard against your partner's pragmatism. So making assessments of kind of what's going on around you with money, but also recognizing money is a really emotional force. Mm -hmm. One of the things that struck me was when I would be working with people who were going through divorces, I would hear this time and time again. They would often say things along the lines of, I can't believe it. The divorce was so amicable until we started getting to the house and the belongings. And the, and I remember channeling for a woman many years ago who was in that throw and um, the Z said to her, um, well, where people won't get emotional about their feelings, they will get emotional about their things. Right. And it's, it's like a transference. So I've noticed um, just for myself when I get knotted around money and because I had many years where I was literally like, oh God, I hope there's enough money in the company account for the tax bill when it comes around. It's taken me several years to kind of not have that replay in my body um, and to kind of be like, oh my God, wow, I'm, I've definitely got enough saved, you know, for the tax bill. So I think money joy is a process like anything. You don't get it overnight. And one of the things that I think we aren't encouraged to do enough is take an assessment of 
our relationship to money and to just put it under the microscope. Many people are like, oh, I don't like looking at my bank accounts. Then you must. And you must understand why you don't like looking at it and make some notes or have someone coach you or take a uh, get a book or a course or recognize this is an area that you have some trauma in. And there are many tools and great teachers around money that can help you with that and just see it as an area that you're going to expand in your life. Make it make it a part of your self-growth because money is just energy, but it can be a very toxic and emotional energy that we've all grown up in. So clearing your relationship with it is really important. Wonderful. And I'm sure that people watching and listening right now are able to relate and agree that money is an energy. It can either be can either be a lot of fun and growing as well as toxic, like you mentioned. Uh, can I, can important. I, yeah, please go ahead. <laughs> you know, I want to add one thing because like, I love that you just said that. One of the biggest breakthroughs I've had, uh, both myself, but also with other people when I'm encouraging them to allow more abundance into their lives, mm -hmm. some people have a really hard time receiving that, or they're worried about how their family will react or, well, I can't be the only one in my family that doesn't have money problems. And what I always say is think of what you will do with it and who you will give it to, because when we're coming from a true place, we're naturally benevolent. And who needs a million or two, $2 million sitting in a bank? You know, if you, if you did generate that money, then you would use it for things. You would help out that friend of yours. You would create projects that would help the world. So it's interesting how people's minds change when they depersonalize money coming to themselves as if oh, I, I, I'm not worth a million dollars. Well, none of us are because it's just a construct. But if you become the ambassador for a million dollars, and that's how I see it, we're ambassadors for our resources energetically or monetarily or the practical things we own. That helps a lot of people to recognize that don't see bringing the money to yourself so that you can sit there in a room full of notes, because that's going to give you nothing, mm -hmm. but that you can have resources that you can share and offer and give out. And that tends to help a lot of people go, Oh, okay. I never thought of it like that. Right, right, right. So this, if you're watching and listening is a great exercise to do. Um, because the truth is like you've, uh, we are learning today, the notes in your bank are not going to help you much. You're not going to take the money with you after you pass away. But think about creatively, if you have a large sum of money, depending on what sum of, a sum of money that is, try to find out how you're going to allocate it. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to use it for the greater good of humanity? as well as people in and around your life. So thanks a lot for sharing that, Lee. That's a wonderful way to look at it. Uh, so are you willing to do a quick reading for me? I'd love to learn yes. uh, if there's any message from the other side or if there's somebody who wants to, you know, pass on some message from you or communicate with me. Okay. So first of all, I love your accent, by the way. And, um, and, and, and the, the reason I bring that up is it feels to me that you really are an ambassador for 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 your people actually um and and that there are some really strong cultural imprints that you are both benefiting from and challenged by and so this is this can be a tricky thing for you sometimes because you can go between the extremes it's what allows you to take a wider view and to be a good cheerleader for others because you're really good when someone's in a tight place at going you know what try and see it this way too and they'll go oh yeah but 
for you, it's going to be really joyous for you to surrender even more into recognizing you're also allowed to create things for yourself. And you're allowed to have desires and you're allowed to lean into those desires. And I get that what's interesting about you is even though you really pay attention to teachers, voices, opinions, for you to create really effectively, you have to do it alone because you're very sensitive energetically. And so what you do is you take all of these pieces of information from outside you and you bring it in and then you have to kind of grow it through your own system. It's not necessarily that someone else can kind of hold your hand while you're running a race. Some people would be buoyed by that and it would help them finish the race. For you, it would throw you because you'd be so sensitive to their energy that actually what happens for you is you research, then you come back to yourself and you power up. One of the things that comes to me with you is you've already healed so much pain in others. That's something that if you died now, you have done so much for the pain field of others. And because you feel the pain field of the planet so deeply, you also have this really strong sense of responsibility around helping lift humanity and helping them heal that. It, it's going to be really important for you to now know that that is hardwired into your system. Mm -hmm. So it should never be part of your focus, meaning if you catch yourself, if someone says, hey, come and do this project with me, and it feels really good in your system, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that project. And then if your mind starts going, yes, and this is going to really help me help people heal the pain, don't even give that thought more than a minute. Go, oh, yeah, don't need to listen to that voice because that's hardwired in me. Because I think that's the voice that can make you feel like the world is on your shoulders a bit when you mm -hmm. get tired um, and can, you can feel greatly responsible. And there are figures in your life who have enjoyed making you responsible. They're like, oh, great. He's going to take responsibility for my pain, my suffering, my financial needs. So I'll just lean on him because every time I lean on him, he just keeps giving me more. So, mm -hmm. so I think just in terms of your own abundance, which you're clearly working on right now and interested in, given, you know, what we've talked about, mm -hmm. um, recognize you've already done so much for the world and that's hardwired in you. What is it that you yourself need to enjoy your life just at the next level for say this next year? And also to be very mindful of um, other people roping you into their pain because they can rope you in, but they're not really alchemizing your help. Meaning it's the people who just come back time and time again to be lifted. Mm -hmm. And if you really pay attention, you're like, well, they're not really actually ever elevating. They just come to me miserable every week. And then I spend an hour of my energy getting them back afloat. And then they come back again. So, and then I always feel tired. So start to notice that, start to notice consciously where the energy flow is imbalanced and where other people are showing up with certain imbalances that they're asking you to rebalance for them rather than necessarily receiving your help to focus on that for themselves. So really subtle things. Um, mm -hmm. And then the only last thing I get is laughter. You know, you like you laughing for five minutes is like most people going to a spa for a month. <laughs> so if you just make sure that laughter happens in your life, cause you do have a really deep connection to joy 
and laughter. And sometimes that's irreverence. It, it looks many different ways with you, but that actually laughter is medicine for your body because it really relaxes your nervous system and it opens your channels. Um, so if you feel things have been very serious for too long, um, or you've been around serious people for too long, you have to make sure that something is inviting you to laugh because that really for you is medicine. Got it, got it. Thanks a lot so much, Lee, for this wonderful reading. I'm definitely going to take in and apply uh, some of the messages and recommendations that you've shared with me today. Now, for people who are watching this show right now, what is it one quick and small action step that you'd like to recommend that they try out? Uh, well, you know, it comes from my husband, Stephen, and he's a big, he's, he's someone who, who has said this many times to me in life. Um, and it's something he really lives by. Um, and it's, it's one step at a time, you know, one moment at a time, one day at a time. And, uh, you know, obviously in marriage, uh, or in any kind of partnership, you help each other out, you know, you have your grace moments, and then you have your moments where you're a bit more contracted and there's someone there or a friend or a sibling who can just kind of help you open out again. And for me, you know, one step at a time, one moment at a time, one day at a time, it helps bring it back to the present. If things get very big, either in your psyche, in your life, basically a remedy for overwhelm. And that to me, that action step of what's the one action, one small thing you can do today towards your bigger goal and to recognize that that's how we build big goals. Um, we can't just get lost in the architecture of a big goal. We also have to go, okay, well, I'm willing to go and get the first brick and brush it off and get the cement and stick it in the ground and dig a hole. You know, the, the, there's the visionary self and then there's the practical implementational self. And I always find that when I get a bit lost um, or a little overwhelmed by life, I try and bring it back to a really small focus. And then I find that I get my flow back. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Lee, for podcast listeners who are listening to our audio podcast to read the entire show notes for today's episode, including the inspirational quote, the book recommendation, and nuggets of wisdom that you might have missed uh, and not have been able to capture right away. Visit my7chakras.com forward slash 276. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 276, which is the episode number for today. When something is important enough, you do it even though the odds are not in your favor. Action Drive, whenever you want to make a change in your life, whenever you want to do something new, whenever you want to achieve something big, there are many counter forces that try to place obstacles and challenges in front of you. And in most cases, these issues seem to come out of nowhere, right? When least expected. And when something like this happens, remember that this is because you're shaking things up and you're building the momentum needed for a big change. This is just part of life. And sometimes the odds aren't stacked in your favor. But just like Elon Musk reminded us, when something is important enough, you do it, even though the odds are not in your favor. So Lee, talk to us about one major life challenge that you had to go through in your life. What were you going through? And then how did you overcome it? Um, I mean, you know, this question, there were so many things that hit me. Um, but the, the thing that hits me the most in this moment is um, staying in painful relationships too long, both mm -hmm. on a personal level with uh, romantic or um, or friendship relationships and, and, and in business too. Um, because part of me 
always thought that it could have a breakthrough or, you know, I was seeing it's something I talk about in a course I have called empaths, narcissists, I'm seeing the highest potential either in the person or in the possibility of our relationship and not paying attention to what was right in front of my nose. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so now, you know, I, I'm pretty good at recognizing, no, this isn't flowing. This isn't working. And no amount of magical thinking is going to think my way through the possibility. Of course, everything is possible, but it's clearly showing me that this, this formation of our chemistry is not flowing the way it does in other areas. So it's important for me to initiate and, and, and be the person to initiate the parting of the ways or the letting go of that. And that's something, I mean, I've been on both sides of that equation. Um, right. but I, weirdly, I, you know, as much as it hurts to have someone else stop a relationship that you want to continue, I, I've always found it much harder to be the person who actually tells the other person, I think we need to stop this business relationship or this emotional relationship. Um, yeah, I, I think um, that's been one of my biggest challenges and pain points in life, but it's one I've grown through too. Got it, got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. I think this is a very relevant story and something that everyone can take away from uh, relationships, right? We either have relationships that serve us or relationships that are a bit toxic that do not serve us. And in, as you mentioned, staying in painful relationships for too long, waiting for things to change, waiting for that breakthrough, looking at the positive, you know, focusing on the future at the expense of looking at the, what's happening and things that were repeating. That was one of the biggest challenges that you had to go through. Uh, and at some point you need to realize that the relationship is not serving you, like you mentioned, right? Um, and then you need to make that change and not just focus on the future, but look at the pattern that is happening again and again, because your energy and your focus is so important. So that is really, really useful. What is that one life lesson that you'd like to share based on that story that you shared? Um, I would say be yourself um, and figure out who you are. Uh, that caused me so much pain in my younger years. I was really good at feeling the world around me and I was really confused about who the hell I was in the center of it. Um, and so I did all kinds of things to myself in my teenage years, um, that were destructive and then started to heal uh, from my late teens onwards. Um, so I think be yourself and trust that you're meant to be who you are and yeah, it doesn't mean that there isn't room for improvement for all of us. You know, there might be a, a better way that we can learn to communicate things. We might be a slightly more uplifting person three years from now than we are right now. And all of that's okay, but it all starts with the core of who you are and that we're all a jigsaw piece for each other at this time that we're all alive together and to trust that. Wow. I think that's really powerful. Self-awareness, understanding the qualities that you have strengths and certain maybe weaknesses that you have that you need to work on or maybe certain energetic blocks that you need to sort of clear this is so so useful thanks a lot for sharing lee action tribe i hope you're enjoying today's session as much as i am today's episode was all about energy intuition and the power of your thought and based on the conversation that i'm having these days i'm realizing more and more that energy is all there is everything around you and within you is all energy and because of this reality there are certain techniques certain principles exercises that we're learning to 
today and visualizations that you can do to shift that energy, whether you want to change your thoughts, your emotions, your physical body or your energetic body. And if you forget everything from today's episode, but you just remember one piece of information, then remember that change is always possible, but you must have hope because uh, no matter where you are in life, you might just be like Lee mentioned, 12 inches from that energetic transformation or the change that you're looking for that will change your life. Because as the inventor and engineer Nikola Tesla once said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Hmm. So think about that for a few moments. And with that, we are now at the last but very important round for today, which is the wisdom round. So, Lee, are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best piece of advice, the best number one piece of advice that you received in your life? Oh, boy. Um, apart from the two that I've already mentioned today, um, the best piece of advice that I've received in my life is that everything passes. Uh, because you know, when, when everything's flying, you don't think, you don't think it with a problematic mind, but when things are tough or difficult or stuck, you, you tend to think about and focus on the problem, but that everything passes, everything changes. That has, that has helped me so many times. Wonderful. And if you could turn back time and spend one hour with somebody who is currently living or dead, who would it be? Oh, um, Queen Victoria is the first person that comes to me because I have a feeling she wasn't very happy and I'd really like to understand, uh, I'd really like to understand what her life was like. Got it. And what is it one thing that you do in the morning or in the evening before you go to sleep that has improved the quality of your life? Very practical things. I drink uh, the juice of one lemon in hot water or, or hot warm water every morning before anything else goes into my body. And at the end of the day, uh, the last thing I put in my body is um, a magnesium solution in water. Um, okay. So yeah, for me, uh, for me, like the, the higher states of consciousness are easily accessible. So focusing on the practical and my body is kind of like that, that, that's something that, that has really, uh, that feels really good to do, um, at the beginning of the end of the day. Love that. By the way, apple cider vinegar and some, uh, honey is my jam. Mm, <laughs> nice. Nice. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? You know, it's still the book that, uh, blew me blew my mind when I was 20 years old and I gifted it to five friends at the time. And it's 22 years ago. And it's a book that I see at the top of charts on Amazon all the time now, which thrills me. And it's the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I just think there is a timeless simplicity and elegance and goodness to that book. Um, so, so clearly channeled through him. Um, and I love that it's it's become a classic because I, I first got it months after it came out when no one had heard of it. So I, th I think it's very apt that it's out there. So there you go, Action Tribe, the four agreements. If you'd like to receive this book for free, then know that audible.com is offering Action Tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can check out their amazing service and the books that they have. 
listening is the new reading. And I definitely love listening to my audible books that I have in my phone. And the beauty is that you can have so many different books instead of the physical books. You can have them on your phone. And usually the listener, the, the author or somebody else is reading the book for you. Isn't that amazing? So to get your own free audiobook, go to my seven chakras.com forward slash free book. That's my seven chakras.com forward slash free book and start listening to the four agreements. So Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a real honor to connect and to chat with you. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful right now for and how we can find you online. Right now, I'm grateful for peace. Uh, it, it has been a really busy few weeks uh, with the release of the book. And in about the last day or two, things got much more peaceful. And so I am so enjoying the softness and the space uh, that, that I've been able to have a bit more of the last two or three days. Yeah. Oh, and my book. Uh, so if you go to my website, leeharrisenergy.com, um, the homepage, you'll find the gift abundance package right there. You'll see the book at the top and all the different places you can get it online or at Barnes and Noble or places like that. Um, and I have a free monthly video that comes out um, every month on YouTube and on my website, and it's called an energy update. And it's really just giving you a bit of a reading of what's going on energetically on the planet. And um, they're always available on my homepage. Or if you sign up for my newsletter and get the abundance package, you'll receive an email every time there's a new one. Got it. Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. I'm so glad that you have some uh, peace and some me time for you right now, because from what I heard, uh, promoting your book can be intensely difficult and, and, and a burden on your energy, right? Because you're traveling a lot, speaking a lot, connecting with so many people that it can drain your energy. But I'm glad that that is for the time being over. Uh, again, Action Tribe, to get the book that we spoke about today. We obviously didn't get a lot of time to go into all the different stuff that is explained and written about in this amazing book. Make sure that you go to my7chakras.com forward slash 276 book. My7chakras.com forward slash 276 book. You'll see the page, learn more about it and grab your copy. So Lee, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about energy, spirit, abundance, receiving, and so many amazing topics and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you. It was my honor to be with you. So thank you to you and to all your listeners. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to my chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.